At home with a lifetime of stories and songs People we've met and places we've gone Along the way found where and how we belong At home with a lifetime of stories and songs Welcome to more songs and stories from home Podcasts that give voice to songs with stories And stories with songs written and being written over the course of a lifetime Often illuminating the journey we all make Together and alone Finding Our Way Home. Concert for the Class of 65, Part 4. The first song in this part of the concert is for my classmate Bev. In high school, in the 60s, girls were supposed to be the cheerleaders and not the athletes. Bev took exception to that idea. She wanted to run as fast and as far and as long as she could. And with that attitude, she intimidated the boys. So we teased her. The song talks about an unexpected opportunity years later to have a chance to apologize to her. There was a girl in high school the boys would often tease because she liked wearing tennis shoes and running like the breeze. You see, girls weren't supposed to do that then, though I can't tell you why. It took a while to realize I should apologize. It's never wrong. It's never too late to practice offering and receiving grace. We had over 900 kids in our graduating class, and on the class website, there were stories about a couple of guys that I didn't, didn't remember from high school, but who had fascinating stories. So I, I wrote songs for them and their stories. One was for Jim, who, as the song says, was a newsman, a reporter, an old school journalist who loved tracking down a story with all its turns and twists. Spend a lifetime bringing light to the dark and seedy sides of life, he went places Dr. Jekyll hides to show us where the truth lies. And Mike's story was an inspiring one. As the song says, he was always an artist, but a family man first, never doubting what the important things were. Though he loved to paint and draw, for sure, his family was his masterpiece. But when his kids were raised and his loving wife died, he struggled to find new meaning in life till he saw this old world in a brand new light, looking through a camera with an artist's eye. The next song in the concert for Gail. We suffered an unimaginable loss of a child. And yet through her faith and persistence in the telling of her story in front of the state legislature, she was able to create a new law. At the reunion, I sang a song I'd written some years earlier and I dedicated it to her and to her daughter, Amy. It talks about needing witnesses to the stories of our lives. 
how you're my witness to this journey, to the road that I am on, all the times that I was up, all the ways that I've been down. Yours, the voice that I am hearing, yours, the eyes that I can see where I go. <clears throat> when I grow weary, faith enough so I believe, we all need a witness to the stories of our lives. And I wanted to tell you how grateful I am that you are mine. At the end of this part of the concert, I play the first five-string banjo I ever owned, telling the story of how my friend Joe kept it for years, and then after I got it back, what it meant to feel the fingers of my now old hands intertwined with those of the 15-year-old boy that I had been when I first picked that banjo up and tried to play it. When I was, I can say I spent the last few months or so with you, and uh, I've had a few coincidence, a few things happen that along the way that really were kind of startling. And uh, my, 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 one of my cousins, Joanne is her name, and she moved to Spokane when I was a senior in high school. And uh, she used to come to all the football games and we've been, and she loved to talk sports. She went on to become a child psychiatrist and uh, one of my dearest friends. She was, a, he, she was teaching history at St. George's at the time, decided to go back to medical school. But she and I have gotten together, well, I've, I've known her since I was a senior in high school. And, uh, and so, and we, used to, and we, talk, we talk sports, but we talk, that's, about, we, that's, what, that's what we do. And we play Yahtzee and we play cribbage and we, and we, we just, but we talk sports. And for years and years, we've bitched about how, how money has made it bad, has mon money has changed it, money's made it worse. And then we always end our conversation by saying that it's, um, it's a lot better than it ever was. Because when we were in, because when I was a senior in high school, half the population couldn't throw a ball as hard as they wanted, run as fast as they wanted, or train as hard as they wanted. And since Title IX, that's not been the case. And I've told her over time that, uh, that there's a, a classmate of ours that I've, that I've wanted to apologize to for the longest, longest time. And I've told her this for 60, for, since I was a senior in high, well, I didn't, I didn't realize I needed to apologize to her probably until I was older. But, uh, but I, for years I've told her, and her name's Be uh, Bev Calico, and, uh, and then, so, and I thought, uh, I tried to find out, tried to locate her, and to no, no luck. And, and, then I, and then it just sort of became too late, I thought. And then, <laughs> about six weeks ago, I get a friend request from Bev Calico. <laughs> and so the, the rest is this song. And there was a girl in high school that the boys would often tease. You see, she liked wearing tennis shoes and running like the breeze. 
And girls weren't supposed to do that then, though I can't tell you why. It took a while to realize I should apologize. Cause it's never wrong, it's never too late to practice offering and receive grace. But I thought about her through the years, then slowly less and less. Then suddenly, to my surprise, a Facebook friend request. I responded yes by messenger, then asked if it's okay. In time I'd like to talk with her, there's things I'd like to say. Cause it's never wrong, it's never too late to practice offering and receive grace. She wrote back and said, let's just do like this. And then she went on to explain, she's in Richland, she's still cartooning, and she has a mandolin she plays. And a years ago, an accident, she'd fallen off a roof. And though she's got lots of good memories, her running days are through. It's never wrong. It's never too late to practice offering and receive grace. And I wrote back and said, I'm sorry about your accident. What's more, I'm sorry for the teasing I was part of years before. And she wrote back and said, no worries. You made me stronger nonetheless. Besides, cartoonists have to learn to be irrepressible when stressed. Her words. It's never wrong. It's never too late to practice offering and receive grace. Well, I'm glad I don't know why she reached out when she did. And for my apology hit home But I'm glad I could say sorry Because this much I know That we are all in this together From beginning to the end And we should try to make each other better And when we better Make amends Because it's never wrong it's never too late to practice offering and receiving grace. It's never wrong, it's never too late to practice offering and receiving She says to say hi. So. And so there's a couple other books that were on the website, and, that, and it's a little more challenging the, because I didn't really, I don't remember Jim Moreland. I sh maybe should, I don't know how many of you do. But I, I, read, I read and read and read on the website on what, and, and uh, so he was, a, and the, the line that stuck out to me was he was a determined evangelist for the disinfecting power of sunlight and the refusal to ignore uncomfortable truths. So he was the first guy to write about Ruby Ridge. And he wrote about the Aryan nations. So, so this, is a, this is 
my tribute to Jim. He will, he loved family, work, and music. Oh, and this, this is the part that struck me in his, in his obituaries, and they were everywhere. He said he used to pass out cards, and he, and, uh, and, and he stole it from Harold Blaze. And, and uh, I walked by the Spokane River, and, and I saw, I, I read about it, because I read about it kind of doing this research. And somewhere in almost or all of his sculptures, he, he, uh, Harold Blaze writes, uh, um, what does he write? He said, transcend the <laughs> and, uh, and he writes it, and so, and so I thought, how do you get that in a song, in a, in a flavorful way? So, so this is my attempt. He loved family work and music and the words of Harold Blaze. The ones that said transcend the bullshit, which he did most every day. He was a newsman, a reporter, an old school journalist who loved tracking down a story with all its turns and twists. Cause he spent a lifetime bringing light to the dark and seedy sides of life. He went places, Dr. Jekyll hides, to show us where the truth lies. He wrote about the Aryan nations and Siege of Ruby Ridge, Bob Robert Lee Yates Jr., Dark Side, Unabridged. He raised two boys single handed, which to pour anyone's a feat. And when finally he met Connie, one could say life was complete. He spent a lifetime digging life to the dark and seedy sides of life. He's been To the dark and seedy sides of life He went places dark to gentle hides To show us where the truth lies And then, uh, then Mike Forrester So he, uh, if you go to the website With Jim Hoppy does such a beautiful job of curating Thank you, and you'll uh, you'll find an article about a mic, and uh, and he uh, so and so he uh, well the song kind of tells a story about him, but I he he started taking pictures after in this the, in the story in the in the newspaper article they talked about he talked about how he how he was looking. At the world, at, at all these old things, old trucks, old buildings, and and giving them new life. And uh, and I thought, well, yeah, okay, I can I can write about somebody that's looking through a camera and giving new life. And and then I and I but I just couldn't quite figure it out. And then and then what I realized after a few weeks was that he he that that it was something much more than that, because his he was doing this after his wife had died. And he had get well. This song, I think, tells it, tells it all. He was always an artist, but he was a family man first. He never doubted for a moment what the important things were. And though he loved to paint, 
and he loved to draw, for sure. His family was his masterpiece. And when his kids were raised, and his loving wife had died, he struggled to find new meaning in life. Until he saw this old world in a brand new light. Looking through a camera with an artist's eye. And he started taking pictures of forgotten stuff. And he found truth and beauty in the scarred and the scuffed. And he found in the lost something to love. Somehow it all was renewed. When his kids were raised and his loving wife had died, he somehow found that meaning in life. When he saw this old world in a brand new light, looking through a camera with an artist's eye. And there's a lesson there for all to see. When it's time for you and I to grieve If we can find reason to believe The world Gonna welcome us And let us in When the work is done Or someone we love dies If we can just find new meaning in life See this old world in a brand new light Looking through a camera with an artist's eye. Like looking through a camera with an artist's eye. <laughs> Stories of our class. So this next, song, this next song isn't really a story about her story because nobody tells her story better than Gail Bronson Harsh. But if, so if you're, if you really, if you wanna, if you wanna hear a story about making the best of the worst situation, about taking, about loving, about loving your challenges back to life, talk to her. Um, and uh, it also goes out to Bill, to Bob and Linda, Linda Ferris. They're, they've done some good things with their struggles too. But uh, and it's I, it's one thing that again, when I was thinking about hanging out with you for all these months, that uh, you're my witness to this journey to the road that I am on. All the time when I was up, all the ways that I've been. Yours a voice that I am hearing, yours eyes that I could see. Where I go and I grow weary, faith enough so I believe. There's a story of the forest and the tree that I think that fell. No one was there to hear, so we can't read. 
We all need a witness to the stories of our lives. And I wanted to tell you I am grateful. I'm grateful you are mine. You're the keeper of my secrets. You're the guardian of my dreams. Haven for my disappointments. Safe there in my memories. Just to know that someone's watching. Just to know that you are there. Awake and waiting in my garden. So alert and so aware. I've heard it said in songs and stories. They make it so we never die. Well, maybe I could live without you, but with you I am alive. You be all we need, a witness to the stories of our lives. And I wanted to tell you, I wanted to tell you, I'm grateful you. So, this is the first banjo I ever owned, and uh, it's from a pawn shop down the street. And uh, so, when uh, so here's the story. So when that when that flood came. And the uh, banjo was lost, so to speak, and I didn't know I was going to end up getting eventually getting one, but certainly not one that any Peabody played. Pat, that's my wife, she uh, called Joe Allison, and she said, Joe, I understand that you may have a, a Pearson's first banjo. And uh, she went to Vashon to pick it up. Battery died, but she did it anyway. And, uh, and she got it for my birthday. This is some years ago. And there's, you've got to remember something 60 years ago when we were kids. And oh, and I was telling Joyce, you know, if, if next, in a few months, a few weeks, when the class of whatever it is, when the senior class is coming in here too, and if they find out what we've done, it would, we would, if it would have been us in third period or in third lunch, we would say, you know, there was a gathering of the class of 1908. And they came, they came, they actually came back to our high school. <laughs> Can you believe this? Did anybody show up? Did any, was there anybody still alive? But anyway, so anyway, but, and so, and so I, I got, so they got this banjo for my birthday. It's about 10 years ago. And I, and I, and, I, and we've got a reading nook. And I, and I would put it over there and I'd watch it and then I, and then I'd play it and then, I'd, and then I couldn't really take my eyes off of it for, for all day. And I thought, what in the world is going on? And so when I, when I was uh, 15 or something, gets, he's got a new banjo, I didn't care about the old banjo. But, but then the story goes, and this is, and this is, 
a friend of ours, uh, his name was Emmett Day, and I, you, you might know his woodworking, but he was a master woodworker. And his name was Emmett Day, and he died much too soon. And in his memorial, they read from his journals. And in the journals, he said, I never buy new tools. I always buy old tools so I can put my hand in the hand of those who came before me and we can be there together. Perfect. And I thought, well, this is and <clears throat> happy tears. What I realized, and this was that 50 years ago when I first had this banjo, the banjo was 50 years old. And now it's 100. It's more than 100, about 110 now. But when I looked at it, it was 100 years old. And I last held it when I was, and it was 50. And, my, and now my 65-year-old fingers at that time, 10 years ago, my 65-year-old fingers were interlaced with a 15-year-old boy. And that was what the sound was making. Thank you for listening to or watching more songs and stories from home. Come back next time for part five of the Class of 65, knowing you're always welcome here at home with a lifetime of stories and songs. <laughs>